Hello, hello, hello. What's happening, y'all? This is the Marcus Harvey, and this is Urban Legends. Urban Legends with the Ghost Bros. Brought to you by Discovery Plus. And you know who I am. I'm Jawan Mass, known as the Paranormal Poppy. And don't you forget about the bad boy himself, Dalen Spratt. Listen, man, we are your favorite ghost hunting paranormal investigators. And I know you've missed us. Oh, you know they have. Of course they have. We've been on their mind all day. We had a great show coming up this one. Guess what we covering, y'all? Witches. Not scared, Dalen? Hell no, I ain't scared, man. Okay, let me say it again. Witches. Ooh. Now you scared, David? Of your breath. Nah, man, listen. I'm a fan of witches. It's like there's so much out there on witches. Everything from, like, you know, your little Disney stories, the infamous Hocus Pocus movie. Everybody watches that every year. Mm -hmm. And don't forget about the Salem witch trials. Mm -hmm. Do you know that there's modern-day witches? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. today, like, (laughs) I got to talk to this modern day witch, Gabriella Herstick. And when I tell you, she mixes a little bit of magic okay. with a little bit of sex. So I do a lot of writing and performances and like write rituals and lead rituals that are really rooted in magic and witchcraft and the divine feminine, as well as like sex magic. Um, I have a handful of books out. And I started practicing witchcraft when I was 12 or 13 in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. And it has been um, a central part of my life since then. Hey, listen, bro. It's two things I know about in life. Okay. One. sex and that's magic. I've never seen you do a card game ever. And you ain't, ain't no never seen game. me have sex either. I so what does that tell you? <laughs> it's still magic. It's still magical, baby. And, but no, man, what's dope is that witches actually cover a lot. And Gabriella covers so much from a witch's perspective. And she has a new book that's coming out, right? And it's called Sacred Sex, The Magic and Path of the Divine Erotic. Oh, you heard it right, man. It's a whole lot of magical, erotical, sexy stuff. She actually gave me some advice for me and Stacey, man. And we're going to talk about this a lot later on, man. But, you know, seriously, Gabriella has been carving out a lot of space for, like, just, I feel like, the improvement and the upward movement of witches. Bro, like, it's so much deeper than what television makes it out to be or movies or cartoons. Talked about the history. She was telling me about, like, who other witches look up to in the community and, like, how open the witchy world is now than what it used to be. Like, how more accepted people are or how more accepting people are of them. Like, it was, I don't know, bro. It was was really, really interesting. It definitely shed a different hue of light (laughs) man I look forward to it what's your latest ghostly paranormal or witchy story send your voice memo to ghostbrotherspodcast.com and you might be on our next episode once again that's ghostbrotherspodcast.com send a voice memo and you might be on our next episode oh we got a good one now we have a submission from Christine Murphy straight out of North Kakalaki North Carolina. Take your shirt off, wave it around your head like a helicopter. My name is Christine Murphy, and I had an encounter with a hag. 
Um, I was probably about 11 years old and I could not fall asleep. I was in the bottom bunk of mine and my sister's bed. And all of a sudden, this burnt up looking witch with a long black dress came around the bed and was trying to stick her fingers down my throat. I fought her off and ran to my parents' room, and of course, they did not believe me. Um, And years later, I was telling my sister about the story, and she told me in the same room, she fell asleep on the floor, and she woke up to a little girl with long black hair rubbing her fingers in the inside of her mouth. Super creepy. Wow. Okay. Creepy. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, now listen, this is a huge topic, but our fascination with witches and witchcraft dates back hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, for sure. Even indigenous communities believed in something known as like skinwalkers or yinaglushi come from the Diné culture and the Navajo people. You see, in the Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a bad witch. She can possess or disguise themselves as, guess what? What? An animal. But you know, like, believing that witches can turn into animals, man, it's 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 something that the Navajo people literally keep to themselves. Like, if you're not a part of the Navajo culture, they really don't just talk to you and give you that sort of information. And, and they talk to you because <laughs> you're a part of that community? <laughs> listen. Oh, man, got real serious. Listen, like, listen. listen. Wait. Also, we do know a lot about the American colonials because, you know, their views on witchcraft is like real starch. You know, they they putting people in, in the stone, you know what I'm saying, in the heat. And you do remember that we did an episode when we did the Haunted Salem Live. Y'all remember that? Yeah, man. That was actually my first time out that with way, your man. Foot in, with your feet in dirt? Putting my feet in dead dirt. But no, you know what's crazy about being up there? Like, just the history of Salem. Mm-hmm. Like, in May 1647, mm. you know, there was this person named Alce Young who was actually from Windsor, Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. Alce was the first person executed for witchcraft in America. Dang. You see, Alce was one of the dozens of people that were accused, but one of over 10 people that were hanged for witchcraft in Connecticut. Okay, see, like, what do you think they were so scared of? Bro, progress, man. Nah, I, I would beg to differ. They were, they were more so in a position to where they looked at witches as a, like, real threat to their existence. You know what I'm saying? Well, actually, history professor Emerson Baker from Salem State University said witches threatened to wipe out everything you believe in. If they could, they would overthrow your government, overturn your faith, and destroy society. Yeah, that seems like a lot. I mean, you can see that in movies like Hocus Pocus, where the Sanderson sisters are resurrected 300 years after their deaths to wreak havoc. I mean, havoc on trick-or-treatums of Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, that's crazy. Like, hey, you remember that movie, Ease Bayou? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that joint was dope, man. It was talking about, like, it was set in, like, the 1960s. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, about in the, like, South Louisiana where they was having to hit them mosquitoes off. You know what I'm saying? That was, Samuel Jackson killed that joint. Yeah, he did. Samuel killed that thing. You know what I'm saying? Was that Journey Smollett? It was. That was Journey. Yeah. That was definitely Journey too. And I I remember that joint was like, man, that was a really, really deep movie. And it was really talking about like 
the local voodoo practitioner looking like for revenge. This is some crazy stuff, man. I suggest everybody who hasn't seen Ease by you go check that joint out. And we have Suspiria. It's about an American woman who travels to Germany to enroll in a dance academy only to discover the ballet school is in front of a sinister witch coven. Now, why would she take her ass to Germany? I don't know why she do that. It's a lot. She could have went to New York. And the creepy witches movie is based on a book by British writer Roald Dahl. That is so creepy. Remember that movie? Back when the witches turned the kids into mice. Yo, they turned that little, they turned them joints into mice. They were in the little cake. Y'all remember that? I remember that. that. That Like, they tried to stomp them. Mm Mm-hmm. Bruh, you know what? You know what made it so scary for me? Because they would have got my little fat butt. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, oh, you would have been ch- a rat. Man, my little mm-hmm. chunky yeah. 12-year-old self, they I would have definitely been a rat. They would have caught they, you. Oh, they would have caught me with them pastries. They would have caught me with them pastries. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever met a witch before? Yo, we interviewed a couple of witches on uh, Ghost Brothers on a Lights Out episode. We did. We did. We yeah. did. We, we've actually... And then I think we've met a few witches at some of our uh, paranormal events. Oh, my gosh. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. It's like, cool, though. Like, you know... It's really, this whole paranormal journey is like kind of opened our eyes up. And I can't just speak for everybody, but I feel like we've had conversations about like how like it's really kind of broadened our perspective on like what a lot of these things were, like voodoo, witchcraft. I feel like television Hollywood paints a very, very awkward picture for all of these things, man. For pretty much everything paranormal, man, from ghosts to aliens to witches to voodoo to just like... Everything that's put in media, I feel like it's just for entertainment. It's like putting gas and tins on everything. And then you meet people who hunt ghosts. And they're, they're three black guys from Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you, you, know, you meet someone that hunts Bigfoot. And it's just a father and son in West Virginia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just regular people doing regular stuff, bro. So, But make sure you guys come back after the break. Because, listen, you don't want to miss this interview with Witch and author... Gabriella Hurston. All right, welcome back, listeners. I'm joined by Gabriella Hurstick. She's an author, a columnist, and a witch based in Los Angeles. She's written several books now. I'm going to tell you all of them, so listen carefully. One of them was Inner Witch, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Craft. Also, she has Bewitching the Elements, A Guide to Empowering Yourself Through Earth, Air, Fire, Water, and Spirit. Mm. Oh, we can't forget about Embody Your Magic, Mm. A Guided Journal for the Modern Witch. Oh, and don't you think she done yet, baby? She has another one called Sacred Sex, The Magic and Path of the Divine Erotic. Mm. And that one's coming out real soon. You see, Gabriella explores all the basics of witchcraft in an accessible and modern way. Well, thank you for coming in. And welcome. Welcome, man. We appreciate your time. But look, I'm going to get straight to it. I need to know. How did you get into witchcraft? Like, you explore so much. Like, please tell me about it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You guys are hilarious. And I grew up in Atlanta, so I'm, like, excited to just have that. Thank you, first (laughs) and foremost, for even just taking the time out of your day to speak with me. 
Like, I'm really, really excited about this conversation. So my first question is, I'm from the South too, right? So being in the South like that, how does, like, witchcraft even, like, fall into your lap at 12 years old? My family, or my my dad is a rabbi in the Reform sect of Judaism, which is a lot more modern and liberal kind of expression of Judaism. So I was raised, like, very aware spiritually, but I discovered witchcraft through like a series of coincidences. I had gone to Salem when I was nine on Halloween, which I later learned was the witch's new year. And I like saw a ritual and like had a moment where one of the wax figures in the witchcraft museum, like told me what witchcraft was. And a few years later, I discovered witchcraft through a deck of Oracle cards, which are like cards that have different messages and art on them that you use for like divination and self-inquiry. So I got a deck of Oracle cards and then was led to a book about witchcraft when I was, I think I was like 12 and had this full circle moment about it. Just in general, like a lot of these kind of forms of Christianity, like even in Catholicism, there's so much ritual and magic involved. Like you're literally casting out demons and you're like blessing these bodies. So And there's a lot of overlaps. Like that's something that you see when traditions like these kind of like indigenous traditions or like traditions like from like Africa are taken to the United States through things like, you know, the slave trade, like they're hidden under layers of Christianity and Catholicism as a way to, you know, like veil the true expression of like what the spiritual practice is by using things like saints and prayers. But yeah, my experience coming to witchcraft is from a Jewish lens, which is pretty different. But I think now with social media, it's so much more easy to connect with people who are into this kind of stuff. Like you can find communities, but you know, even as a 12 year old, it was before I had the internet and like some like forums, but it's definitely isolating. You know, I feel like just being any kind of other in the South is isolating. Um, That experience was definitely like a lot, but it shaped me and I feel very grateful for it. What does a day in the life of a witch really look like? Do you guys cast spells? Do you really? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen something magical through the lens of witchcraft? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll what I'll do is I'll start by like sharing my definition of what witchcraft is because that might help, you know, just make more sense. So witchcraft isn't one thing. It's not a religion. It is a spiritual path. Like the way that I see it is it's a spiritual path that recognizes and honors the importance of cycles and connection. So you work alongside the earth very intimately in witchcraft. It's an earth-based spiritual practice. And you do that by honoring the turning of the seasons, the cycles of the sun and moon, and how that is reflected in the self. And within that, you work with energy, which, you know, is neither created nor nor destroyed. It's everything. You know, we know that if you zoom in on an atom or on something that looks solid, it's actually just vibration. And what witches do is they use energy and intention and action to create change on the physical realm. Hmm. So you don't need anything to be a witch. You don't need any candles. You don't need any tarot cards, but because we're human and it's hard for us to focus on more than one thing at a time, like having these tools can act as an anchor for us. For myself, I have a daily spiritual practice that I do every single day, no matter what. That includes things like banishing negative energy, um, cleansing myself, praying to the goddesses that I'm devoted to, setting an intention, you know, like gratitude that for me, that's part of it. And 
we do cast spells and we do practice rituals, which are forms and ceremonies of magic that separate what we're doing from the everyday. So like, you know, like we have a lot of rituals in our day-to-day life anyway, brushing your teeth or like doing your skincare routine or anything you do repetitively. But the difference with witchcraft is that we do these rituals as a way to sacralize whatever experience we're calling in. So taking a bath when paired with an intention of healing and with an intention of softening, you know, especially when you add things like salt and maybe some herbs like lavender or lavender oil, like that turns into a ritual. So it's not that witches are out here, like living two separate lives between the the spell stuff and the spell work and the ritual and the day-to-day magic, folk magic, witchcraft. These practices are in every culture around the world. There's some kind of spiritual tradition with everything you see in Christianity, Kabbalah and ancient Judaism. You see it in Sufism. You see it in like African traditions where they're using like fetishes. And it's something that connects us all, but it's also something that the Catholic church in the Western world has really tried to um, disconnect us from. So it's a reclamation for sure. Let me ask you this. Is there a way for you to practice and do everything that you say and still be like a Christian or still practice? Like, can you walk that line of both? Can you be a Buddhist witch? You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? So for me, for myself, my witchcraft is connected to my work and my devotion to goddesses. But that's a very personal thing. You can be a witch and absolutely be a Christian. I would imagine there would be some kind of healing that needs to work out just because, you know, Christians love to stamp out anybody that's not just Christian. So there's, I think it could be a really, really healing to incorporate both those practices. But a lot of witches work within that system and practice folk magic a lot of the saints of like the Catholic church specifically were old goddesses and gods. There's definitely like connections and, you know, like witchcraft at the end of the day is a framework. It's a blueprint. So yeah, I definitely think that you can be Jewish. You can be a Christian witch. You can be an atheist witch. Right. What's the one thing that pisses you off the most about people (laughs) like in their ideas about witches and witchcraft? Like what's the one thing you're like, man, you know what? Fuck you. You know, people have the ideas about witches being like baby eaters and stuff. And I'm like, as a Jew, I'm like, I also am like, I've just heard that before. I'm not really, it doesn't really affect me anymore. I'm like, whatever. So when the people are very prescriptive and are like, this is how you do it. And this is the only way to do it. And if you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong. And you're not actually a witch. Like that pisses me off because our world needs more people who are empowered and confident and connected to themselves. And it has to fit the person. Your relationship with spirituality is going to be based on your experiences and how you lived and how you grew up and your family and what like is in your heart. And that's the magic ingredient. So anybody who tells you you have to do something a certain way to be valid in general, I'm just suspicious of. So I bring that with me to my witchcraft practice. No, no, that makes sense. So, okay. You've made witchcraft to me. You've shed it in a very great light. But I have to ask... Is there a dark side to witchcraft? Like, are there people out here really doing some, like, some crazy stuff? You know what I mean? Like, what, how dark can it get? It's like anything. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the world that we live in, where it's that duality of really powerful and, like, good and also negative is, it's always going to coexist. And what really pisses me off is when people 
say white magic versus black magic Mm. because energy is just energy and saying that something is white is good and something that is black is evil and it's also racially charged and racist and just not accurate it's true it's just bullshit energy is energy so yeah most witches the thing is like if you want to be able to heal you need to be able to hex both sides of the spectrum exist And I believe in doing magic that like might be considered malefic, which is like banishing or curses. I'm like fucking curse rapists. They fucking deserve it. Or like pedophile, like, you know, like I'm all about using magic to empower. And traditionally, historically, magic has been used to support people who are in in positions of not being empowered, of being disempowered. Is there any magic for somebody that owes you money? Oh yeah, you could. And that's the thing, like I wouldn't even consider that negative because that's just, you know, justice. You could do (laughs) a spell on, right? Like you could do a spell to like receive the abundance that you deserve Mm. or you could do a spell to like call back what you're owed without having to get somebody else's energy involved. You know, I think a big part of magic is this idea and concept of free will. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, free will. We all have that. We all have the power of like deciding for ourselves. And I really don't fuck most of the time with doing any kind of magic that's going to impede on somebody else's free will. I mean, there's magic for everything, but it's like 90%, 95% of the witches you meet are not going to be doing negative magic necessarily because it's so much stronger to like, you know, like an example is like, if you want, if you have your eyes set on a lover and you want them to like you, you could A, either do a love spell for on them, which is kind of fucking with their free will. And yep. if they don't like you at all, nothing's going to happen. There has to be kind of a seed or something to like water to make that affection grow. But mm. if you were to cast a spell of self-love on yourself so you could embody the frequency of love and become love, then you're naturally going to attract whatever is meant for you because a lot of the time we think we know what we want and we don't. And that's also kind of when the universe comes in and laughs at us and gives us our lessons or reworks the spell. So it's what we needed and not what we thought. So why the dark, I guess, stigma attached to witchcraft? I think that part of it is Hollywood. I think that part of it is the fact that witchcraft has inherently both the people, most of the people that were killed for being witches were women. And a lot of the people who practice witchcraft are women. And unfortunately, a lot of things that women enjoy or like are stigmatized or just like denounced. I I think part of it too, is that witchcraft operates in the in-between, you know, it's in the liminal, it's something that exists neither here nor there. It, has a level and layer of secrecy to it for a reason because it hasn't been necessarily safe to practice. And I think a lot of the time people are scared of what they can't understand and people are scared of the unknown. Right, right. So what's next for you? Like, I know you're accomplished in, in yeah, writing and in everything. Like, what's next for you? Well, I have a book coming out called Sacred Sex, The Magic and Path of the Divine Erotic. And it's all about, like, sex magic and working with sexual energy. Like, the book is really a guide in working with your sexuality as a central point of your spirituality. So that, and then I have a couple more projects coming out next year. Like I mentioned, I lead monthly full moon circles and write ritual guides. And I'm always, I lead, you know, some stuff on Patreon. I have a sex magic discussion circle I lead. 
Hopefully I'll be doing some events for the book, but I keep all of that on my social media. Yeah. So listen, you said <laughs> sex magic. Now, me and my wife's anniversary is coming up. She Yay. thinking I'm going to take her to dinner. We're going to do all the little spa, all that good stuff. Is there any type of nasty spell <laughs> that I can kind of just... do? I, what I got to do? I got to sprinkle some. I got to say some. Chant what I got to do. What can I do to make that so, night the most memorable night? Okay, well, we you know your wife better than I do. So do all of the things that you'd normally do. And really what sex magic is, it's incorporating intention into sex or masturbation. When it comes time to like do the deed and get down yeah. and dirty, like first off, thinking of how you can create an environment that really touches all the senses. So, you know, like making the room like red or pink or like dimming the mm-hmm. lights, lighting some incense, mm-hmm. having some, you know, like wine or champagne or whatever mm-hmm. juice after mm-hmm. these back tea, Creating fantasy. Yeah, creating the fantasy, creating the environment. And then before you start, you know, doing whatever, taking the moment to set the intention. This act of sex, what do we want to call in? Do we want to call in, you know, like more abundance for this year? Do we want to call in a closer connection? And you can like take a second to talk about that and like speak it out loud. So like you set the intention, you raise the energy through the act of sex. And then at the peak Mm. of the energy, and you can do that, you know, if people come separately, you can keep the intention in mind for both partners at like those times, but just holding that intention in your heart at like the peak of the energy. And then as you're just melted together in the afterglow, like continuing to just be in the vibration of whatever you're calling in and just especially because it's your anniversary, just like sharing the words in the heart. Honestly, like any kind of beautiful holiday ceremony, anniversary, like it's already such a potent time where you're doing that kind of reflection that like, I feel like it's, it's going to be so powerful to just take that extra step and ritualize the process and like have that moment of intention setting that you can carry through the actual night or day or whatever. Got you. See, I'm not going to let her listen to this episode. Because then she's going to be like, you just got that from Gabriella. You ain't thinking that yourself. I got you. Oh, Stacy, Got something for your ass. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time and coming on. Yo, that's interesting, Big Dog. Like, she's great. Very interesting, to say the least. I mean, it's cool that she's being inspired by Salem, you know? And for her parents to be as open-minded, you know, to that approach, letting her kind of choose her own path, you know, she's doing some things in that that witch space, too. Yeah, I actually like how she makes it uh, a little bit more accessible and and modern. It's a nice touch. And that's what she does with her books, man. It's like she wants people to take away, you know, like the perception and the fear that they have of witches and just understand that, you know, witches are people, too. Okay, well, listen, guy. That's going to be a hard act to follow. But, hey, it's time for a game. Y'all ready to have some fun? It's the favorite part of the show where we get to test your skills. Look, I want to hear about your witch knowledge, the both of you. Y'all ready? I ain't got a lot of witch knowledge, but I think I'm going against Dalen, so I should be good. Wait, first of all, wait. I'm just hey, If just, any of us would be a witch, it would be me. Def, okay, you know what? You might have an advantage on me on this one. Look, both of you, chill out. Let's get to the game. Y'all ready? How did the legend come about that witches have black cats? If you could tell me where it came from, 
and tell me the century, you'll get extra points. Okay. Ireland, seventeenth century. Ooh, ooh. Said Ireland. Yes. Seventeenth century. Dalen. Yep. I'm gonna go. Black cats and witches go back like four flats on a Cadillac and a chick with a bra strap. Yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the Northern Hemisphere in the 15th century. No. So the Northern Hemisphere? The Northern you Hemisphere. You said, all right. <laughs> that, 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 wait, hold on a second. Okay. That sounded like a no, win to no, me. No, see what I'm saying? <laughs> you, it's him. Both of you guys were wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> Both of you guys were wrong. It's the 13th century when an official church document called Vox in Roma was issued by the Pope Gregory the Ninth, and, and where is that at? Rome, Italy. But in this document that Pope Gregory the Ninth wrote, it said black cats were declared incarnation of Satan. All right, guys, here we go. Next question: When did the Salem witch trials happen? These are multiple points. If you get this year, it's one point. The decade, even, I'll give you a point. The month, I'll give you another point. Yep, I'm just throwing out points today, guys, because I know you probably you won't get it. Salem witch trials happened in Probably the, like... It was definitely I'm gonna before... I'm going to say 16. It was definitely I'm before... I'm going to say the 1600s. It was definitely before I'm gonna women's rights. I'm going to say the 1600s. Be- definitely before women's rights, but 1600s, I feel like that might be it. 1601, Bob. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm going to say 1676. No, we can't go back. 1601? 1601 is wrong. However, it was in 1692. So I got to give you guys each a point for the century. Okay. I'm going to say May. You said May? Yep. Keeping it hot in here. I'm going to say May 1. (laughs) May 1. It's not a month, bro. (laughs) May 1 is not a month. It's not a month. I'm going to give y'all a hint. Okay. I'm going to give y'all a hint. Okay. Somebody you both are very close to has a birthday in the month. October. November. You're both wrong. The month is February. Okay. All right. I won. Next. I shot the beat. <laughs> All right. Dalen got a point. Marcus got a point. Dalen got half a point. No, so like, I guess Dalen has half a point. And that just brings him out of the negative. What's this question? It's Next like, question, man. Game. Why do witches wear the color black? Because it's so slimming. Ooh. And no one can ever know how much money you have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Final answers? Yep. See, the color black is most often associated with protection and can be used to ward off any negative vibes that may be thrown your way. Mm. So we were both right. Both of you were wrong. All right, guys. Last question. This is going to determine... Who is ultimately the winner of the game? Okay. So you get a point for each correct answer. Let's go. All right, Marcus. Mm-hmm. List as many films with witches in them as you can. Hmm. Let me think. How long he get? We're gonna give uh, him okay. three seconds. No, one. we're gonna give him ten seconds. Because you know what's so um, dope? Yeah. Is that me going first means that they can't. He can't say anything that I say after that. Now, yes, I can. So I'm gonna say the witch, hocus pocus, because you already said that. I'm gonna say into the woods. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> eight, I'm gonna say practical nine, magic. Time. Ten. Witches. You got three. Marcus got witch. Marcus, let me see hocus that website pocus. you're reading off of. <laughs> into the right, woods. Right here, if you could. Uh... Practical magic. No, I said four. 
I know you got okay. So you said which hocus pocus into the woods practical magic and witches because those are two different things. Witches. No, no, there's two. There's a witch and then there's a witches. You didn't say both of those. I did. I said witch and then I said witches later on. Okay. Uh, Thank you. See how they be trying to get me, man. The judge. The judge. See me win. They don't want to see (laughs) me win, boy. All right. Excuse me, sir. All right. Here you go, David. You got five. So he get five. He did get five. It's like, yeah, you got the free throw line, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, twinkle fingers and let you. You need to get... I, I got the magic on you right now. You ain't going to get it, boy. Yeah. Listen. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Stop giving him time. I'm not. I have, we haven't started yet, but he is thinking. Um, you need... You need one more point to win. You need one more point than Marcus to win. Can you give us six and ten seconds? You ready? <laughs> and wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the magic working. Hey, the magic's go. working. Let's go. Three. Do uh, you two, believe it? One. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Okay. Uh, the Wiz. Uh, Rumpel Stillskin. Uh, <laughs> That's not uh, right. Uh, Cinderella had a witch in that motherfucker. Four. My man had the Wizard of Oz. The Wiz, <laughs> Marple Silkskin, Cinderella. Marcus, I have to declare you Marcus the winner. Marcus read it off his phone. Did he what? And he used the same word twice. He can't say witch said, and witches. It's two those are two different movies. movies. But no. What it's two is, different movies. Well, those are two different movies. What'd you, you say about 1600? What'd you say? Uh, no, no, look at me. Look the, at me, Danny. No, no, no. Look at me, Danny. And the winner is... Look at me, Danny. Look at me, my eyes. Marcus Harvey. Look okay, that's eyes. fair. Look at me, fair. my eyes. Let's do it. But I still have half a point more than you. No, you no. don't. Yes, I do. He does not. No, you don't, bro. Who doesn't? You went into this a half a point up. A half. Marcus got five. Well, thank you for my win. I really appreciate it, guys. Um, I'd just like to thank God. All the witches in the back. <laughs> I appreciate y'all, you know, doing your thing. Marcus Harvey out. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us again for another amazing episode. And remember... We need you to subscribe. And if you don't remember the name of this podcast, it's Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. And I'm telling you, don't meet us there. Beat us there. Love you. Give us them five stars, y'all. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers is produced by Neon Hum Media for Discovery Plus. For Discovery Plus, our executive producer is Marissa Lucy. For Neon Hum Media, our executive producer is Shira Morris. Our lead producer is Crystal Genesis. Our associate producer is Chloe Chobel. Our production manager is Samantha Allison. And our music is by Ashi Ivanovich. Concept by Odelia Rubin and Shira Morris. And our engineers are Mark Bush and Lila Williams.